welcome everybody back to the Canberra Football Show. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Nicoletti, and after a short little vacation, Michael Georgeski is back. How are you, Michael, today? Yeah, good. It feels like a while, hasn't it? And uh, more importantly, I think what the listeners want to know is, how'd you go in your state league this weekend? We've got a big win, actually. Um, seven, seven goal uh, to one win against uh, Woden, so... Um, I'm very pleased. I didn't have my shooting boots on uh, that day, and I copped a lot of slack for it from the team. So they've been um, they've been grilling me uh, about it. Um, so I thought, you know, why not come back to the podcast and you know try and forget about it? Uh, but that didn't seem to work. <laughs> the uh, the torments of a striker. Just ask Roberto Bardra after or, the ninety four walk or a winger. But you know, we got we got to be able to you know score the goals and produce them. And at the moment, I do, just do you at least get an assist? Uh, I had a hand in a few of the goals. Not the final pass, but the ones, you know, before the final pass. So, look, they, they count and assist. Who do you have in, next week? Themselves. Uh, we have a midweek. Um, our next game's uh, on Wednesday night, actually, in a couple of days' time. Um, just against a team that um, we know through... Um, some of our players uh, know through um, uh, a couple of mates. So it's just it's not like to do with our competition. And there's no so, finals, is there? No, 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 no finals. No, we're just playing um, for the sake of playing, which is a bit strange. Um, not something we're used to. But um, I think the, the most important thing was to get back out on the field and and play. And we're all enjoying it. We're all got a smile on our faces. I think that's the most important thing. So um, I can't complain. That's what it's all about, mate putting smiles on faces that's it and talk about putting smiles on faces um, well maybe not this specific match but definitely uh, probably the second match we're going to mention uh, let's get started shall we straight away with MPL1 of course we've got the top four playoff Michael do you want to introduce that for us well we had Gungahlin United up against Belconnen United uh, a two-all draw uh, very interesting uh, result on the basis of uh, play uh, I'd say you know you think this result favours Belcon United uh, as they're taking on Tigers who have not been in the best of form uh, heading into the into this uh, playoff series. On the other hand, Gungahlin United, bar the Olympic uh, overturn with the unregistered player, they have not won a game in the last three, three four matches. So, yeah, something like that. It's not very good form. Uh, Keisha mentioned it. Frank Keisha mentioned it last week on the podcast. He, he was... Um, he still he was still tipping Gungarland for finals despite the draw, but he did say oh, that was on commentary anyway. But uh, he, he he believed that um, yeah, it's it's a bit interesting considering very rarely do you see them go that many matches without winning. So yeah, well considering the squad that they've you know inherited in the preseason and and um, dur- during the year, I mean we've talked about it numerous times about them being the favourites, but I think. At some stage, you know, good teams, just like bad teams, they'll, they'll go through their rough patches. I think they're just going through theirs now, trying to, trying to figure out a lot, of different, a lot of different things. They've got a lot of personalities to manage uh, in, that, in that squad, and I think we're really sort of seeing Martial trying to really get a firm grip on, uh, on, uh, on things over the last three to four games, and it'll only be a matter of time. Uh, before they, they turn around. They're going to have to turn it around pre- pretty soon given uh, this uh, top four uh, playoff series that they're in at the moment. However, you know, they, they do have the quality uh, in their side, like I mentioned, uh, to sort of get themselves out of it. And it's a must win for them this week. And uh, Otherwise, you know, they could be out uh, ne- next week. And that's something 
that you and I definitely wouldn't have thought of um, come this time of the time of the season. And uh, what were Russ's uh, thoughts on uh, this match? Yeah, I forgot to mention earlier on. So uh, Russ wasn't able to join us tonight. Uh, babysitting the kids, but uh, he uh, sent he was uh, he gladly sent through his thoughts um, to me. And uh, oh, of course, and that's that's fair enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, but uh, luckily, he uh, sent through his thoughts. Wants me to read them out. I probably shouldn't attempt an accent just just in case no. I offend him or something. Or yeah, just like well, with maybe Jeremy. they'll think that maybe the viewers will actually think he's here if you do a really good job. If so. if, if I do a good job, but I probably should have practiced that all day if that yeah. was the case. But uh, and say with Jeremy's ones, I try and won't. Uh, yeah. I'll try not to uh, interpret the uh, the voice. But anyway, uh, his thoughts on Gangalan and Belka. He believed the uh, the Blue Devils missed quite a few several uh, several good chances and were made to pay, of course, when uh, Bernabeu Madrid scored uh, the first of his two and of course second from the spot. He believes Belko had the better of the game and were unlucky not to win with a Max with a Max Mellick specifically in great form. Uh, Gungarland captain Jack Green was injured in the warm-up and played with an injured ankle, so we'll see how uh, he uh, backs up for the next game. And he believe, he does believe it, it's a good point for both teams, but like you mentioned, Michael, it's uh, it's do or die for them next week. I mean, there if one of them lose, maybe there is a possibility that they can make it to the final, but then I think it would all come down to goal difference. Let's just say Belconnen win this weekend and let's say uh, Gungahlin don't and then Gungahlin win, win, win next weekend but Belconnen don't, then it would all be down to goal difference. Yeah. So uh, if both teams win, try and get themselves, you know, if they can, it's easier said than done, but if they can, you know, get themselves on the scoreboard and uh, get a result this weekend, it'll make it a little easier for them next week. But either way, like I said, if they both win or if one wins now, one wins the next weekend and they both lose the next two matches, then it's going to come down to goal difference. So it's a, it's an interesting one there, I got to, uh, to say the least. Um, I'm, I honestly don't know who to, who to pick going through. Obviously, Belconnen are the more informed team, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, with the Gungahlin not, not registering a win for a little bit. However, like you said, they definitely have the, the quality to, to come back. So I'm really looking forward to these two matches um, coming up, which we'll mention just a little later on. All right, well... Matt, the next game uh, in that top four uh, playoff uh, series, if you want to uh, delve into that one. Oh, no, of course. And um, uh, we had Canberra Croatia. Uh, the, oh, technically, technically, they finished top of the league. Technically, according to the Cup of Football, that isn't going to be considered on the record. But like Tony Vidovic <laughs> mentioned in his interview, uh, they, don't, uh, they don't mind. At the end of the day, they did finish undefeated. It's not like they, you know... Yeah, lost half the matches or something That's like true. that. So, um, so I, I definitely understand why they want to keep, you know, considering that. And he did say in the interview that is up on Facebook. If you guys want to check it out, um, is that he said they actually are getting the trophy made. So, yeah. So why not? And I'm assuming that would be the same for the MPLW, like we'll mention yes. before, who just yeah. got crowned this weekend or crowned, uh, who just finished top of the league this weekend. But um, it, it was a bit of a dominated performance, to say the least, from Cam Croatia. Obviously, there were some quality goals. Uh, especially Daniel Colbertaldo's goal. If if anyone is friends with Facebook on Facebook with Russ, he shares all the highlights. He and loves sharing those goals, doesn't he? He certainly does. And far out, it was a fantastic goal from Daniel Colbertaldo. Um, they were able to hold a grip on the game, considering uh, Tigers FC um, uh, Borgner got sent off, and it was a very good performance, though. Um, <laughs> to say the least, from Canberra, Croatia. I guess the thing for them is like they still haven't lost a game which is quite impressive. and But however, from Tiger's point of view, this isn't good for them. I know Frank Asia mentioned on the show last week that they've lost as many games, I think, as Manara have lost or something like that. That's just the 
or something like that. Uh, and that's just that sort of just proves, you know, uh, how tight it can come down to in such a shortened competition per se. So Ryan Grogan's side obviously don't have the form at the moment. And I think they've yet to score in three in three matches, like I'll mention in Russ's thoughts very, very uh, soon. However, it's going to be an uphill battle for Kuma if, 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 if they can't get something this weekend. They need to win. Otherwise, it's going to be... Because they don't have that extra point like Angal right. and Belkona do. So it's, yeah. going to be, it's going to be difficult for them. And uh, Russ's thoughts quickly are he's, he, he believes that Borgner being sent off, though, was the key moment for Croatia to, to really um, put themselves into the game. Um, and he also believes that uh, Camber Croatia only played in patches and seemed to have a lot more to offer. Now, I have to say one thing. If you, once again, if you, li- if you listen to the interview with Tony, he said that as well. He said, I think that's our greatest strength, the fact that we haven't played a full 90 minutes. To- and that's a bit scary, to be honest. If they've yeah. won every game, or no, well, they drew one, but if they're yes. undefeated and they still haven't played to their same ability, but they can just... It's not like once or twice. They've done it quite a bit. They can pull the rabbit out of the hat which no team has done with that sort of consistency this season, like they have. Uh, Tigers, however, are struggling with some injuries, uh, unavailability. Uh, with Shields and Ola Rigby both getting knocks in this game, uh, they'll need to recover fast, so they might not be available for the next game. We'll have to wait and see once they line up on the weekend at Deakin Stadium. And, of course, he mentions how Canberra Croatia's unbeaten run continues and Tigers' run, yet without a goal, has stretched to three matches, just to confirm what I said before. Yep. Uh, so what do you... Quickly, what do you think about that um, result on the weekend? Not good for Tigers. No, not good for Tigers at all. It just got me thinking, you know, you mentioned the two injuries there to Shields and Ola Rigby, who have been, you know, ever so present in this competition over, over the years. Um, they've proved to be important pieces... Um, in the forward line for for Tigers, and I mean to really have those two out, and you're sort of baiting, you know, waiting on the fact that um, you're going to hope they're going to be fit come, come the weekend. I mean, it's it's a little bit uh, concerning. Um, although we know what Sam Witt here has uh, been able to produce, he's he's scored some some great goals this season, and especially the one against uh, Canberra, Croatia out in Kuma so it's just going to be a waiting game it's and they don't uh, the the one of the bad things about this is they don't have long to uh, wait at all I mean you they've got a quick turnaround and you, you've just got to hope and pray that their forward line is going to be uh, fit uh, come the weekend or else you know Ryan Grogan's really going to have to shuffle things around to really sort of cater to the injuries that, that he's got Indeed, and uh, next we move uh, to four teams who wish they were playing in the other playoff, uh, to, to say the least. <laughs> uh, who do we have first up, Michael? Well, we've got Canberra Olympic uh, taking on Woden Weston. It was a 1-1 draw. Popovich opened the scoring fee, uh, for Olympic uh, in, the, in the second half in the 51st minute before Anderson equalised uh, for uh, Woden Weston. Rematch from last week seems strange. Um, to see Canberra Olympic playing in a bottom four playoff and not for finals. Um, we know how good of a side they've been in this competition um, for, for numerous years. But we always expect and hope to see Olympic in the top four. It's something that I, I haven't really wrapped my head around, to be honest. Um, you know, 
I, I don't think they made sort of they did lose key players, but they also brought players in, and I think we th- thought that it wouldn't take Katnak too long um, to really get his um, ideas implemented in the squad, seeing that he, he's very familiar with the club and and the players that he, that he's played with, you know that 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 group of players, and you know seeing what Frank had done in the, in, in the past um, to then inherit that team. Um, I, I was um, certainly surprised, surprised, sorry to say the least, to see them in the bottom in the bottom four, but it's the situation that they find themselves in now and, you know, like the bottom four teams will, will see it now, it's just a good opportunity to sort of get more games under their belt uh, and to build uh, for, next, for next season. Woden, uh, coming off that scintillating victory, that sort of, you know... Um, encapsulated a great victory uh, for them uh, winning this competition would be a good uh, building block for them uh, to be fair I think many people didn't expect a lot from them uh, to begin the season and the first you know four four five weeks sort of really spoke volumes of that but they, they managed to get some really great results to finish off the um, you know the regular season and um, you know, it, it seems that Yulsius is finally getting um, what he wants out of it, out of his players and, and and his playing group. You know, they've managed to produce some some great results and some very good performances. May I add too? And you meant and you mentioned that, but uh, you said it quite nicely. I believe a lot of people thought that Woden were going to finish last this year. A lot of people thought that. So uh, credit to Yulsius to Silva, who he, he didn't give up. He I remember mid. I think it was about midway through when I talked to him after one of the matches. Like, look, I take all responsibility for not getting a goal, for not getting a for not getting a win. But he believed in his side. He believed they were building something. And uh, Frank mentioned on the show last week, and he said, "Look, imagine if the season was even just another seven games longer. Uh, right. it, it, Woden very well could be challenging for that top four. And with um, and with uh, with Tigers form recently, they might not be in it or." Gangala might be a little lower than we think, or yeah. would, would Canberra Crash just stay undefeated? You know, would Belko yeah. give him more of a challenge if there was a slip up Gungala or two? And struggling. Maybe they might have uh, fallen out, but who knows? It's like it's 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 just interesting to see. Like if if we had like at least another round of fixtures, that would have been very interesting to see in that regard. So that's so in terms of your sister Silver side, I think I, I think for them between them and Monaro, th- this competition. It's easy to say the team, the two teams who finished last and second last, it means most for them. But I do believe that is the case because they, well, one of them, like we said, is it's all about building momentum, and this would be great for them. And the other, in terms of Monaro, had a very, very disappointing start to the season. They, um, a lot of people have said that they played quite well throughout the whole season, not being able to pick up a win. So in saying that, so that that is um, quite interesting. Interesting, but um, obviously the with this bottom four playoff has had. Quite a few critics, to say the least, and um, you know, because a lot of people feel like, well, a lot of them have nothing to play for, and we might mention that in the next uh, in the next matchup. But uh, Russ's thoughts are, he believes that um, Wodan grew into the match and finished the stronger uh, of the two, and he he believes they very well could have snuck a win in the end. Of course, it was Olympia that opened the scoring. Uh, point keeps are both alive, but means a win obviously is needed this week, just like the Belconnen and Gangala match. He believes. Interesting comment. He believes uh, there was a lethargic. This was a lethargic match played at preseason pace, which is something we could be uh, <laughs> we could be seeing more of in the in the next uh, two rounds. Put it, right? Yeah, to say to say <laughs> the least. 
But like we said, at least the positive of this for the t even for the some of the teams who don't really care as much is they're at least going to debut some talents that haven't been able to do it, like Kayla Brown of Olympic debut in the last few minutes. I know Chris Ray got some more time. I think he made his debut like last week or the week before, and he got some more time today as well. He did really well. So, and then I, I was told quite a few happened for Tuggerong as well. So it's really good to see in that regard. And uh, next up we have Manara Panthers against Tuggerong now. Look, uh, to say they were disappointed to finish last, to say the least, is uh, an understatement for mm. Manara, considering they started the season quite well. Maybe they didn't get a win, but they definitely put in the performances. And we mentioned, I said last week to Russ and uh, Frank, look, is he gonna, are they going to be under some pressure? And he, he believes they won't be, uh, considering they've got a good core, and if they all stay and you know stay together, it should be all right. Um, but like I said, for Minara, this is uh, they really have a point to prove, especially to their fans. You know, like I've seen, you know, I've seen them the, the few matches I've been to there. They've always shown up in droves, and even the ones that aren't in that members box, they go down, they sit in the cold, and they, you know, and they watch. And even at the Italian Community Center, there's people watching from the side sort of window there mm -hmm. as well. You can see from the from the corner of um, of the stadium, you can watch from there. So. Uh, uh, so they uh, they have a bit to prove considering they finished last, and they need to prove they need to for them they need to prove that they have something to build because I felt like out of all the clubs they were building the least, and you can talk about other clubs not being as great, but at the end of the day they got the results. Minara didn't get the results, but they need to prove that they that you know there's something building, in place, which there was clearly something for uh, Woden considering yes. how they finished the season, but it didn't feel like that with Minara. No. So at the very least, if they can do well in this, they might be able to attract some more players to the team, showing hey we it was just a seven match, it was just seven games. If we have more than seven games, look what we can do. Look, look what we're doing now. I so think, I think they do have a good core, like you mentioned. They've had a few uh, players within that squad that have been there now for I'd say you know two to three good seasons a few players even probably more so they've got that that core that playing group that has sort of bought into the, the culture of what Monero are about and what they're trying to build you know they've they've been you know struggling for years now and you know the the top four seems you know just a tad bit far away for them at the moment but that can change you know like, like I mentioned they've got they've got a good core group of players there with a few additions like you mentioned I think they can really turn things around come next season it's just all about you know their coach Jimmy finding a finding a plan uh, that fits sort of the, the the group's sort of mindset and it, it'll be interesting to see I, I was optimistic about them at the start of the season and it, although they didn't get the results they actually played pretty well in some of those uh, in some of those matches in the season so it, it's all about them trying to really implement an identity that will sort of catch the attention of everyone watching the, the MPL and before we move on to Russ's thoughts uh, in terms of Tuggeranong if, if it seemed like any teams sort of weren't up like if it felt like any team sort of weren't up for it it probably would have been Tuggeranong and, and, and fair enough I mean they were five minutes away Michael five minutes yep from yeah. making the finals, like we said, Canberra Croatia pulling a rabbit out of the hat in the last uh, minutes, couple of minutes. It was yeah. just insane as always, and they would be probably the most disappointed. Not that they didn't play well, they did it very was a sucker, well. It was a sucker punch and a hangover that looked like it had carried over into that Monero match for sure. It, yeah, indeed. And um, 
so in saying that, it, it didn't look like Tyrone was up for it as Monaro, as we've mentioned earlier. Uh, Russ believes that Panthers were fully deserving of the win and they very well could have had more goals. Uh, first goal of the season for Sam Smith and, Na- and Adam Nail as well, uh, bo- uh, both of whom uh, hit the woodwork as well as um, Ahmed Shaibu as well, which was um, which is he's, he's been a good import like we've mentioned on the show before. And um, Targrong, though, he believes wasted some chances through Slavich and Coggan. Uh, and they started in a bit of an... Un- um, and Coggan, I think, was the one who started in a bit of an unfamiliar position at right back. And, of course, uh, we talked about um, some 23s playing that uh, haven't played as much throughout the season. And someone else made their debut for Minara, and that is Pat- Patrick Mitchell, who's been one of the stalwarts of their 23s side this season. Yep. And he... Um, yeah, and, of course, Minara under-23s are still in the competition they lost this weekend but they're uh, still in the 23s competition what about what are our fixtures for next week michael well for the top four playoff fixtures we have belcon united taking on tigers fc saturday 1 30 p.m at deacon stadium uh, straight after that canberra croatia versus gong island united that's going to be a great game 3 45 p.m at deacon stadium we switch over to the bottom four uh, playoff. We've got Woden Western up against the Monero Panthers Saturday 1.30pm at Riverside Football Stadium and Tuggeranong United versus Canberra Olympic straight after that one at Saturday, on Saturday as well 3.45pm at Riverside. MPLW time, Matthew. We had Belcon United against Canberra Olympic. Uh, how did this match uh, play out? Uh, look, it was very interesting to say the least. It was the day before, so if any of them uh, had a chance, and I'm talking about Belconnen and Gagalan here for winning the title, uh, Belconnen needed a win, but obviously it was out of their hands. Fate was out of their hands, because even if they did win, then Canberra Croatia won the next day, which is what happened. That would have been the case. However, Belconnen really did have a point to prove. Let's not forget that they did lose to a Canberra Croatia last week. And, yeah, so we had a Rashad and Maguire with the goals, and then Cook with a goal. And I think Olympic did really well, because... I think we mentioned this in... Jeremy and I mentioned this in the match we commentated. I think it was Olympic versus CUA. We said whenever Olympic lost, they usually lost by quite a big margin, as like when they lost to Canberra, Croatia. Uh, however, we... And whenever they win, they lo- they win by quite a big margin. But we knew that wasn't going to happen against Belconnen. So we thought it was going to be tight in terms of just the way the game was played. And they really impressed us defensively because Canberra Olympic have conceded quite a few goals this season. But they really kept it tight against Belconnen, which is exactly what is needed. Uh, however, so they had a really, really good um, match, which I'll mention a little bit later. But it was, it's, it was, was an important win for Belconnen, though, because they needed to bounce back. Um, because I'm, I'm sure there would have been quite a few critics saying, oh, look, they're not doing like they did last season or whatever, even though it's a small season. But you, know, you can't really say that if they bounce back, win, have the momentum. And then let, let's just say if they... Um, win in the, in the semi-finals in two weeks and they make the final again, then no one's going to care that they didn't finish in the, in the top of the ladder. Um, well, at least in terms of Belconnen, uh, Belconnen board and whatnot. Uh, there was an unfortunate injury, though, for Alexia Fauna, which is a really a shame because she's been a highlight and very influential for Belconnen all season, definitely one of their MVPs, especially in the match I called against Targrenong. She absolutely killed it in that match, and she's been very, very good ever since... Armando Gould was happy, though, with his uh, reaction, like, um, like I'll mention a little bit later. From Olympic's point of view, though, it's, it, it, like I said, it was a very solid performance, despite no, uh, having no substitutions, and despite don't, not having Ashley Sykes or Angelika Pahina either, who's their goalkeeper. 
Uh, but Andrew told me he believes that his side were unlucky not to win, considering he, th he thinks they created quite a few chances that could have uh, snuck it for them. But he does believe this is their best performance of the season, despite not winning. And don't forget, for them, it's a building project. Remember, we're sitting here at the start of the year, Michael, and saying how they finished last last season. They have a little bit to prove in that regard. Uh, how do you, what do you, what do you make of this result? Well, it's it's obviously a good win. I uh, thought Belconnor United, especially considering they had to, you know, succumb to the fact that uh, Canberra Croatia were the uh, premiers, um, and that's a massive achievement for Canberra uh, Croatia. By the way, uh, we talk about how good Belconnor are, especially in this competition. So to see Canberra Croatia prevail in both the MPL one and the MPLW competitions in first place is a massive achievement for the club and I'm sure everyone involved is, you know, very, very pleased. With, uh, whereas for Canberra Olympic, you know, I have sort of, you know, really been impressed with them considering, like you mentioned, they, they finished last, last season. Um, they were going to make a bucket load of changes and we were really expecting um, a lot, considering their pre-season results as well. They had picked up a lot of pre-season results, and Andrew uh, Woodman was very optimistic ahead of the season. And they, for me, they've been one of the most impressive, you know, m you know, most improving sides at in in any of the competitions. And now it's easy. I'm sure a lot of people. It's easy for them to say, well, it's easy to improve when you've got the likes of Ashley Sykes and Nicole Begg, formerly Sykes as well to have in the team. However, don't forget, it's not just having them in the team as well. Uh, they, they obviously make a difference, but they also help build the credibility of the other players up. Not that it was low, but it helps them. It gives them experience there. They have the foresight. For example, I said on commentary, when Ashley Sykes plays for Canberra Olympic, I feel she's mo more successful off the ball, running onto it, because she can see that pass. She can see that through ball. She knows where to run, and she knows how to get there. And if she doesn't get there, or she doesn't get to it, most of the time it's because either the keeper's read it before she has, mm -hmm. which you can't always, you know, you can't always uh, expect that as a as 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 as, as a striker, or the the ball's uh, the ball was a little bit too fur too much too further for her. But she usually always gets that ball, and that's what's uh, key for them, in my opinion. Now, I was able to uh, actually have a bit of a chat to both these coaches. Actually, just before that, uh, Jeremy. Um, Magan gave me his thoughts as well. Uh, he said uh, Ahmed Ogul was trying a bit of a new tactic, sort of playing three at the back as well sometimes in that match, which is actually quite interesting considering it's we all know three at the back is a formation that needs to be worked on quite a bit. So I wonder if they've been working in that in training. And he believes that uh, Woodman prepared his side very well, especially with all the teamwork that they showed, and that definitely showed with that defending. Now, like I said, I chatted to both the coaches. We'll start with Ahmed Ogul, the Belconnen United women's coach. Uh, pretty close game and a good result for your team on the weekend, bouncing back from uh, last week. What did you make of your uh, side's overall performance? Well, I, think, I think, like you said, the, the most important thing was for us to bounce back and get a good result. I thought in patches, we played a little bit too rushed, and we tried to. We always talk about going through the process to achieve the outcome, but sometimes we were thinking too much about the outcome, thinking too much about scoring goals, and not necessarily going through the steps that have worked for us in previous games to achieve that outcome. But I think second half were a little bit better. Our spacing was a little bit better. We stretched the field a bit more, and we scored from a corner, which were we do pretty often, and we're happy with that. 
and then to see a good reaction after we conceded a goal, to see a good reaction in the next 10 minutes to put one away and get a good result. We come away with a good result and a happy feeling. And unfortunately, uh, Alexia Fauna came off uh, injured. Are there any updates on her, and how will that uh, affect the side? She's been a pretty influential player all year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's like we're all incredibly upset about her injury. At the moment, there's there's no diagnosis. I think she's still waiting on an MRI. But looking back on her and looking at the footage, I don't want to. I don't want to yeah, pretend like I'm a doctor and I think what I know what's happened here. But I think we'll just wait on an MRI and see what the result is. But for us as a team, it's it's disappointing. She's been so important for us this season. But the mentality is just next player up, and we have a good squad with a lot of depth. So I'm, I'm certain that whoever steps up in that position will do just as good as just as good a job. And next week you have the uh, the CUA, and then uh, it's already confirmed. Depending on any results, you guys will be facing Gungalan in the semi-finals. So what sort of um Preparation will you guys be doing for the next uh, two weeks and what sort of challenges are you uh, expecting to face? Yeah, I think, well, we look at it game by game. So we, we play CUA on the weekend and although it might not change the, it might not affect the positions on the ladder or we play on the semi-final too much, but the most important for us, the most important thing for us is to make sure we have consistency in our play. So we talk about it all season, making sure we're consistent in our play. So we'll go out into the game against CUA while still preparing to play CUA and get a result in that game and making sure that our that we have one one eye on the Gungalan game but making sure we're still preparing appropriately for CUA. And obviously Gungalan are, are a good team when we played them earlier in the season. They they stick to their principles in play. They defended well against us. They frustrated us for large parts of the game. So we'll just make sure we, we try and rectify a few of those things and Hopefully it'll be a good football game. And next up we have Andrew Woodman's thoughts, the Canberra Olympic coach. All right, Andrew, not the uh, result you guys were looking for yesterday. However, there were quite a few positives, I'm sure, to uh, take out of that performance, considering uh, no substitutes also. Oh, yeah, it was, look, we were super happy with how the girls played. It was, um, um, yeah, I think everyone's was really buzzing after the game and even during it at halftime we were um you know we yes we didn't make any subs but we thought it was a game which we possibly wouldn't do that anyway uh depending on how it played out um and yeah from a performance point of view it was just a a really wonderful team performance from our girls irrespective of the result and is there uh, any updates on the uh injuries to ash sykes and uh and peina uh, look, you know, I think both those girls will be um, a really good chance of uh, being involved uh, um, when it comes to finals, if we make finals. Um, so, um, yeah, you know, I, I don't think those girls would be a chance to feature against Tuggernaut. But, um, yeah, if we go further, um, I think they're absolutely in the mix. And what sort of injuries do they have? Yeah, so... Um, Pahinas is a torn rotator cuff, which um, I think she might have had for quite a while, but it was undiagnosed. And then, um, yeah, identified it about a week and a half ago at an appointment. So um, she's been in quite intensive physio treatment on that, uh, seeing physio two to four times a week and doing a lot of gym work in the evenings to just uh, strengthen it up as much as she can. And, um, and uh, yeah, so she's, um, she's a, a good chance to be available come semis. And then Ash just had a really sort of freak injury I guess accident at training last Tuesday when um there was a 
like a sort of a hidden sprinkler head uh, in a divot and just um, it was really sort of an innocuous thing. But, yeah, sprained her ankle, uh, grade two, um, at a moment when she was uh, taking a shot, I think it was, on the, in that space of the field, which we couldn't recognise. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so she's um, obviously having physio as well and uh, un- very unlikely to be involved against Tugger, like I say, but um, uh, we believe that she's a really good chance to be involved in the finals we make. And you mentioned Tagoran there. Uh, that's uh, mostly a mostly a must win um, against Tagoran, so yeah. you guys can make the finals. How are you guys going to be preparing for that one? Oh, look, just keep building on what we're doing. Um, the girls are making really significant progress every week. Uh, uh, really respecting our structures, and I guess they've got a really strong belief in each other and where we're, we're going as a group. And they just, I mean, I think, yeah, to really epitomise that. Um, in the game against Bill Connor on Saturday night. So we'll just keep trying to build on that this week. And, um, yeah, definitely not taking anything for granted against Tuggeron. They've got um, quality side and um, yeah, never make it easy for teams to score and can also cause issues for teams going forward as well. So it's a good test. It's good we've got it at home. Looking forward to that. Nice way to finish this, the league season off because we've had a few away games. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's another opportunity for us to keep building as a group. All right, next up we have Canberra, Croatia with a massive win. 4-0 over Tuggerong United. Field, Gill, and Palombi with a double. Uh, she's raking in those goals again, Palombi, Michael. Uh, what does this uh, win mean for them? It's a massive win, Matt, uh, to say the least. You know, Canberra, Croatia, this officially solidified them as top of the league. Uh, I understand capital football isn't officially uh, recognising it. However, like we've mentioned a couple of times, um, you know, Tony Vidovic, uh, uh, Canberra Croatia president, said in an interview with you, Matt, that, you know, you can see it on our Facebook and Instagram Eminem podcast page that they'll still be, you know, counting it and uh, making the trophy. So, um, you know, good, good on them. If, they, if, if that's what they want to do, if Capital Football is not going to, you know, um, count it or make, it, make a trophy for them, they can take them, their matters into the, their own hands. So... No worries at all. Regarding Tuggeranong, uh, this was also going to be a difficult fixture against a side that is a steam train at the moment. They, they really are Canberra Croatia. They are in a great vein of form. And, you know, like you mentioned, they defeated the current uh, champions, Belconnen, last week. And, I mean, it, they have just been so, so impressive, haven't they, Matt? I think we thought that, you know, Belconnen had set such a high standard and, Canberra Croatia was was nipping at their heels, but they just sort of weren't at their at their level. Maybe coming into the season, and they've really just proved that you know they're actually they're like, hey guys, you know we're we're here, we're we're, we're on par, and they've proved it over over the um over the regular season by by claiming the premiership. So all credit goes to Canberra Croatia for really sort of shutting out that noise and getting over the the hump that is sort of you know, their nemesis in, in Belconnen uh, United. No, like I said, congratulations to them. And of course, congratulations to Nick Brosnich, who yes. last week was a father. And then two days later, his uh, side beat Belconnen. And then less than a week later, they um, they finished top of the league. So it's a well, perfect week. Exactly. And Father's Day as well, let's not forget. Oh, as well. So <laughs> we, Spoiled. We, met, we, we mentioned that last week on the show. <laughs> so congratulations to him once again. But... Uh, in saying that, though, they didn't find it easy in the first 20 or so minutes. Uh, Jeremy sent me his thoughts, of course, mm. and he believes that Tagarong did try and make it very, very difficult. You have to frustrate Canberra Croatia in the midfield, and you have to frustrate them. And that's he believes they, that they did that, and it seemed like they were a bit frustrated. And um, 
he believed he, he just said kudos to Tagorong because he believes they're playing better since they signed Emma Stanbury, of course, former WE player for Canberra United. And it's all, like I said, it's like we've said for a few of these teams, it's all about a building project. And if they can build on these performances, Tagorong, there's no reason why they, and if they can get a few more uh, signings in and get a little more experience under the belt, there's no reason why they can't have a better season uh, next year. Canberra Croatia, on the other hand, though, everyone, you know, everyone stepped up. You know, the usual players, Gill, Field, and Palombi, they're by far the three most famous players on the team. They're the three most effective players. I've mentioned how good Grace Gill is before. She's just too strong, too powerful for a lot of these defenses in the league, and uh, she keeps proving every week she's a real leader on the pitch. Uh, obviously, she stands out because she's one of the tallest women in the side, but she also stands out because she's always, you know, telling her players, you know, um, giving them, you know, leading them around the pitch, giving them advice, move here, move there, pass here, pass there, or or, or, or whatever she says in She's that regard. She's a fantastic uh, leader for this uh, Canberra Croatia team, isn't she? Oh, no, it definitely, definitely is, and um, it, it's, it's only proved that. And um, that's actually a nice segue into, <laughs> into our next match, where we've got, uh, because obviously next week we've got a big match between Gungahlin United and Canberra Croatia. Unfortunately, it doesn't, you know, settle a, a place or anything like that, like we thought it would, but it's still a massive match to say the least. Uh, what happened in this match with who did Gungahlin play this weekend, Michael? Well, they took on uh, the Wagga City Wanderers. Uh, they uh, the the Gungahlin team picked up a three-one win uh, thanks to goals from Ella Brown, Jade Brown, and Miro. Uh, whilst uh, for Wagga City Wanderers, uh, Castle uh, struck for them. Um, Gungahlin's win over Wagga has confirmed there will be a Gungahlin versus uh, Belconnen semi-final in, in two weeks' time, and I can't sort of wait for that match-up. I mean, it's two very good teams, uh, two very good uh, coaches in, um, you know, in, in, in Ahmed and um, Diego. Uh, it's going to be a great tactical battle. Uh, some really nice football uh, will, be on, will be on display. Um, you know, this Gungahlin United team, um, like Olympic, you know, I've been very impressed with how Diego has gone about the season and um, how he's implemented his tactics because I think that his Gungahlin team plays some really nice football and it sort of inherits what Gungahlin have been about over the last few years, which is really implementing a style of football that we see across the men's team and the women's team. And, you know, that they're a great footballing side and, that, you know, it's a joy to watch. It, look, it certainly is. Uh, the only problem I guess Diego had was, of course, last week where they went down to Woden Western, and they Woden Western deserved to win that match. Uh, Jeremy and I commentated that one, and I'll tell you what, uh, they really frustrated Gungahlin. I think Woden Western showed what you need to do to beat Gungahlin. So uh, I'm sure Ahmed would have watched that. If yeah. he hasn't, I'd, I'd suggest he does I watch that. I thought you were just going to give it away here, <laughs> here on air. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he has, but uh, yeah, I haven't yeah. talked to him about it. But uh, if I would watch that if I was him, because clearly what they did was last week, I mentioned it then, they frustrated um, Gungala in midfield. They were they were somehow able to keep intensity and pressing for like close to like 75 minutes of the match. And then when they didn't is when they were the most dangerous, and that's where they counterattacked. This is, I'm talking about Woden Western here. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think what's most important for Gungala is that Diego was able to regroup his team bounce back that's the most important thing yeah. and because it gives them good um, confidence heading in and uh, good confidence and momentum heading into Canberra Croatia this weekend and even if they beat Canberra Croatia or don't beat Canberra Croatia obviously it still means they play Belconnen but what matters is if they can put in a good performance and get some sort of result against Canberra Croatia that means they've drawn against Belconnen they've, they've, they've beat 
Canberra Olympic, uh, who will most likely make the top four unless CUA, unless Canberra Olympic lose this weekend and CUA have some sort of, and they win by a certain amount of goals. Um, and if they, and if, like I said, if they get a result against Camp Croatia, I think that heads them in good stead. And obviously they had that little hiccup against Woden, but I think they would have learned a lot from it, knowing we've talked to Diego more than a few times, Michael and I, he, he keeps talking about his philosophy and what he wants to do with the team and his tactics and how he, rotation, they never sort of keep the same sort of, um, they, 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 they want to, you know, change it up whenever there's, uh, whenever there's a little bit of a hint of something not going right. And he definitely would have used that as momentum. He would have used that as, proof say here if, if 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 we're off our game this is what happens this is what happens and use those little bits from the match so in saying that i think angal and united uh are in good step for the finals and like i said like you said i'm really looking forward to their match against belconnen because let's not forget they did draw and they led the majority of that match against belconnen uh more than a few weeks ago now i think it was in round three or round four or f- mm. could have been five sorry my memory's all over the place but it was one one uh yeah. so uh so it's going to be interesting. And uh, Jeremy uh, was telling me that he believes uh, Wagga played uh, very well to begin the match. We've this has been a common theme with them. They start very high intensity, and but they're they're a lot younger, so their stamina isn't there. They're not able to keep it up for ninety minutes. But like we said, Sam Gray building project over there, and they've shown that they can play some really good football as well, some really high intensity and some really good stuff for such a young squad with not too much experience. So, uh, like we said, I think Wagga, if they can make a few more recruits and keep building the team that they have right now. Uh, and gain some experience. I think they will be an interesting team to watch next season. WNPL could very well be like an MPL 2, like we're going to mention uh, later on in saying that. Um, uh, well, Matt, um, you know, last fixture uh, for the MPLW, you were commentating uh, this one, uh, Canberra United Academy up against the Monero Panthers. Uh, a very big scoreline, Matt. Yeah, look... Um, we all knew this match was going to be difficult anyway for Monaro Panthers. We've said it the majority of the season. Uh, but I felt bad for Paul Townsley early on because in the first 10 minutes, he had two players come off with injuries. One uh, was on the ground for a bit and it didn't look good. Um, and then the second one was, of course, Rachel Hardwick, who wanted to come off because she uh, it was, she was injured. So, And let's not forget Rachel Hardwick has probably been Monaro's MVP. She's been their best player, Michael, this season. And she scored, and the majority of the goals that they've scored is from her. And she's scored some stunners as well from outside the box. She's a real leader in the squad. She's the captain as well. And uh, Paul, Paul, you can probably say, I'm not sure if you see it on the camera, but I mentioned on commentary how after 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah, but Paul sort of, uh, he looked at me after 10 minutes and he sort of had his hands up in the air. He's like, you know, what can I do? Yeah, I felt felt bad for the guy because making two substitutions just in the first 10 minutes just completely gets rid of your it completely get momentum it get momentum the confidence. game confidence the game plan you had and i'm pretty sure the players that had to come on were the ones that had to play in reserve grade already so they already had uh, them in the match before so they, they already had some uh, tired legs in there and they they had no real choice but to put on the tired legs uh so look it hasn't really it really hasn't been a good season uh, for paul townsley's side but Look, they really need to, like he he said to us when he came on the show that time, they really need to build on it. They need to build on the positiveness in each match. But one thing I feel like Monaro really struggle with is they struggle to connect from the midfield to the attack, Michael. They really struggle to have that connection. Now, that could just be due to Canberra, uh, Canberra CUA. As we all know, uh, when I, Jeremy talked to Nick at once and he was telling me, Nick Brosnich, how he's just like, geez, Canberra United Academy just run all day. 
they're just, they, they just have yeah. so much energy. And it really showed in this match. I, I felt they were quite versatile. I mean, uh, they're playing Bell Connor next week, Michael, so you know what that means. They'll need to uh, try and score a goal, too, from outside the box because it's going to be very hard to break down Bell Connor. Oh, absolutely. So, and, they, and, and they had, like, one or two goals at the end. That were some beautiful goals from outside the box. Yeah. Uh, but they, they tried the high intensity. They really pushed in midfield. And they showed some a little, a little bit more aggressiveness that we didn't see against Olympic, but we saw the week before that against Canberra, Croatia. Cause, uh, and they'll probably need that against Bel, uh, Bel Connor if they're going to sort of play with the ball. But what I feel like is going to be interesting in that matchup is against Belconnen is how are they going to deal without having the ball a lot? Because CUA are usually used to having the ball a lot. Yeah. Or, or at least one half. Possession-based side, aren't they? At the start of the season when they played Gungahlin, I remember it was Gungahlin most possession in the first half, then CUA with most possession in the second half. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play without the majority of the game, without the ball, because that's what will happen against Belconnen. But like we said, this is it for Monaro. Um, hopefully they can uh, rebuild in the off-season. I know they're working on getting, trying to get a few players from around Australia, uh, you know, once these uh, COVID restrictions sort of die down. So best of luck to, to Monaro. It really hasn't been good for them. But look, it's uh, like, we, like we said, it's a, it's a bit hard. They're working on a shoestring budget and, and a lot of the team is just either young or uh, inexperienced at this level. So I'm sure a lot of these players will be taking a good, you know, sort of um, experience from this, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And looking ahead, to the MPLW Round 9 fixtures. We've got Canberra Olympic up against Tuggeranong United, Saturday 3pm at O'Connor Enclosed. Canberra Croatia will take on Gungahlin United. That'll be a great game. Sunday 2.30pm at Deakin Stadium. Wagga City Wanderers uh, versus Woden Western, Sunday 3pm at Gissing Oval. And finally, Canberra United Academy taking on Belconian United, Sunday 4.20pm at Hawker Football Centre. Now welcoming MPL2 action uh, to round off this uh, podcast, Matt. We had Narabunda up against ANU. Uh, dissect this one for us. Look, it, we, we've mentioned before it's been a difficult season for Narabunda, and most of the reason is not because they're not good enough, but because they just don't have the biggest squad. If you look at their bench, most of the time there's only two players on the bench, and one of them is their reserve keeper, who is uh, the coach, John Ozzalonado. Uh, so it's it, it's been a difficult season for them in that regard. But in saying that, though, they don't train before a match like their last. They don't approach the match like their last, which I think is a good mentality. And if you watch them play as well, they're, they're not afraid to play from the back. They never give up. They're always trying to get that goal. They're always trying to play their brand of football, even though they, they know the majority of teams are either stronger than them or they have more depth than them. And... I think that's a credit to Narabunda. If, and look, if they can get a few more signings on the board and add some more depth to, the, depth to this squad, uh, because uh, if they can get a few, a little bit more depth, I think they can have a better season next year. And so, yeah, um, credit to Narabunda in that regard. The way they play, they never, they never let where they are in the rankings determine how they w- approach the game, which I think is important. In terms of ANU, this is a massive win for them. Like, I'm just, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you before we finish this, uh, wrap up this match, Michael, about. Uh, and you and how weird it is to see them chasing the top four when they're usually in the top four as they are the current champions. Carrie Deans and Ty, Tyford and uh, Wonya with the goals today. Uh, look, it was a good start for them, this match from all, all accounts that I heard of. Um, uh, the way they approached the match, they you can, you can tell that they were definitely playing with a purpose because they went out there high intensity for most of the 90 minutes 
Um, they dominated midfield. Uh, they kept uh, they kept the strong in the back. They actually played a back three at times, and I'm assuming that they did that so they can add the extra man in midfield to really make that difference and score as many goals as they can. And we've met, I've mentioned before how we both have how competitive the MPL two is this season, and I think going out to score as many goals as you can is going to be important considering how many clubs Michael are going to be chasing for that top four. And I might as well ask you now, how weird is it seeing uh, ANU actually chasing for the top four instead of already being in the top four? It's it's very strange. I mean, we we talked about uh, casting back to when we were discussing MPL 1 with Canberra Olympic falling outside the top four uh, when normally they're a stalemate um, in, that, in that top four region. In terms of ANU, yeah, it's very, um, it's very surprising. Um, they're in a in an unfamiliar uh, position uh, in terms of they're normally the ones um, getting chased. They're not chasers. You know what I mean? And yep. um, I guess it's, it's from a competitive standpoint, it's obviously good to see because we had become so accustomed to, you know, teams like Canberra Olympic and, and teams like ANU sort of dominating the competition or, you know, being in the top two, three teams each and every season. And I think from that you build a sense of comfort, and you're 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 expected to obviously see them in the top four. But as this season has proved, and from very early on too, ANU, um, you know they've struggled. They've really uh, struggled to really um, put a consistent amount of results uh, together. And I think that's really sort of reflected back in how um, how difficult this season has been for them and. You know they are in that position where, you know, they don't have much time. They're they're chasing the top four, and could you imagine a top four without a new win it after, you know, they were the champions last year? It's a, it's a bit you know sort of strange and and surprising to uh, to think. Well, not surprising. I, I guess I'm sort of just it just feels weird. Found it. Like yeah, don't found it. Yeah. I guess the real at the start of the season, I would definitely agree with you, Michael. But considering the way the season's rolled out. I, at this point, in hindsight, I would say it's not surprising, considering how close it's been. It's more like a top six than a top four. And it was even a top seven at one point uh, with um, Brindabella and Western Malongolo if they got if a few other results went their way. Uh, they're not in the top four race now, but uh, at the start of the season, they were looking quite interesting, uh, especially Western Malongolo at the start, barely conceding any goals in the first couple of games besides from open play, uh, without open play. Um, but ANU, just to let you guys know when we mean it's, it feels weird, they're currently in sixth place, so with nine points. But they do have a game in hand over some of the other, some of the other teams, not including this weekend, so that, that means they've already had their bye. They're on nine points, and if they win this weekend, they can very... And let's not forget they're playing O'Connor this weekend, which is going to be massive. And let's just say they beat O'Connor, who's currently one point above them. That means they'll be on 12 points, they'll be in the top four, and even if they technically get knocked out of it because like a Wagga or something win, uh, they'll still have a match in hand, and that match in hand will be against Wagga City Wanderers. Yeah, so it's sort come of right down to the wire. And uh, Wagga is only one point above them, and they're both uh, with the same amount of matches to play. So let's just say Bo- let's just say Wagga and ANU both win this weekend. That puts a very interesting perspective because then they they'll both be fighting for that top four place, absolutely uh, to say the least. So it's going to be very interesting in that regard but you can't write, write off a Connor Knights of course as we know because they've had a very good end to the season uh, interesting O'Connor ANU that was a final last year they both just had a poor start to the season and we mentioned how you can't have a poor start in MPL 2 with this very very short 
turnaround, Michael. Any uh, last thoughts before we move on to the next match? Uh, no, I think we've uh, pretty much sort of covered uh, all bases uh, in that area. Um, you know, it's been very um, refreshing to see uh, how competitive the MPL2 uh, competition has been. I mean, we talked about obviously how surprising it's been to see a to see a new sort of chasing the 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 top four uh, teams, but at the same time, there are a lot of good sides um, that are currently in the top four and actually outside of the top four. So, you know, it's been very. It's not. It's you can sit there and you can really sort of dissect what a new can do better. But at the same time, teams around them have just been playing excellent football. So it's a bit of a, you know, which, which way do you sort of lean? Uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's very tough to put your finger on it, but that just goes to show how good uh, the MPL 2 has been. And yeah, and that just makes all the matches this weekend, especially ANU versus O'Connor, must-watch matches. Now, Michael, we had White Eagles 3-0 over Brindabella. Do you want to dissect this one uh, for us? Yeah, it's a huge win for White Eagles considering uh, they have the bye uh, this this week. Uh, they have uh, their match against uh, Wagga, in, uh, Wagga, Wagga City in hand, though, uh, which will be boast well for them. Actually, sorry, I'll cut you off there. I said Wagga and ANU are supposed to play each other. That's wrong. It's supposed to be ANU and Ugali, and then White Eagles and Wagga. They're okay. the matches that got... Sorry, just to, no, it just popped on my head then. That's all good. Uh, I, I appreciate you doing that. <laughs> that's what we're here for. Um, you know that this that could be another game uh, changer in terms of how you know the top four really shapes up and and settles Uh, especially if O'Connor and ANU um, you know doesn't doesn't end up um, in a a draw Uh, it's a disappointing loss for Brindabella Uh, like we've said in the past um, you know as this season's gone on, on on numerous podcasts it's you know it's been a bit of an up and down season for them as it's proved to be for you know uh, quite a few teams across different competitions however there have been improvements as some of their f- performances have shown so there, there there is that light at the end of the tunnel in the sense that they do have positives to look at it's not necessarily just negatives and you know that seems to be the narrative with teams that have up and down years there's areas in which they can note down and say look we did really well here and let's take that into next season or let's take that into uh you know into the future and there's also areas dark areas in which you know you hope to rectify and 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 fix as much as you can um it's hard to be perfect in football no one can really be perfect in football but you can do as much as you can to try and you know fix fix as many mistakes as you can so you can become sort of a, a great uh, footballing outfit. I, I agree, and I guess my thoughts on this one are Brindabella Blues, I, I do feel they have improved this season. Let's not forget they did finish rock bottom last season. They haven't finished rock bottom this season, and they, they have played some good football as well in the win they got, and then in the in the draw they got as well against Western Malonglo. And they also played you know, uh, quite well against, um, I think it was against O'Connor last yeah. week. They played quite well also. Uh, so... It's it, look. It's, it was always going to be difficult for Brindabella Bella Blues this season and Zoran, but I feel like Zoran. Obviously, Zoran's a good coach, and he's. Uh, I feel like he's built a good base there, and they've had some positive performances despite uh, not getting as many points as they would have liked. Um, which talk about as many points as as they wouldn't have liked. One team, a good transition, who has gotten a lot of points this season, probably more than they would have compared to. The uh, full season of last season is uh, Queen City, to say the least, Michael. What what happened there? 
Well, going off that, Matt, you know, Queanbeyan uh, picking up a 3-1 victory over West... Oh, sorry, a 3-2 victory over Western Mullongolo, my mistake. Uh, it's a big win for Queanbeyan as it puts them joint uh, top with Ugali. However, Ugali still does have uh, that game in hand to play, uh, which can prove a pivotal factor in determining who is going to top the MPL2 ladder. Uh, Goran Mikevsky uh, for Queanbeyan made the difference coming off the bench, getting an assist uh, and, the, and the equaliser. Uh, this p- pretty much solidifies uh, them f- uh, for finals, which is which is great for the club. Um, you know, on, on all accounts, they had quite uh, a few uh, a few sorry chances uh, that they failed uh, to complete. But I mean, that happens in football. Um, what matters is uh, they they ended up getting the victory, which will uh, which sorry which is important for them given the fact that they're neck and neck with you uh you know Ugali. so it's going to be very interesting to see how um that sort of you know plays out over the next uh week or so we said last week you know western mongolo were essentially eliminated from the finals after the loss to white eagles and now that's obviously definitely the case with the loss to queenbian city uh, what, what do you what do you think of the um, sort of the matchup that's going on? Well, not the not the matchup, but the sort of the race between Queanbeyan City and uh, and Ugali because Queanbeyan have done very well, and you know Ugali have obviously proven that they're they're a great side and they've uh, you know proved a lot of a lot of people wrong. They've they're really making this MPL two competition their own, um, standing at the top. So I mean. What do you make of the um, back and forth uh, bet- between these two clubs? I think it's great for the competition. And um, like I said, it's fantastic. And like you're going to hear a little later on with the thoughts uh, from the Riverina derby between Ugali and uh, West and um, Wagga City Wanderers, both their coaches had a, had a chat to. And uh, for them, it's all about proving, yes, there is great football outside of outside of the camp outside of Canberra specifically and the Riverina area and they both proved that um, I guess in terms of that race uh, you have to look at yeah uh, Queen City a joint top but like you said there's a match in hand and Ugali did beat Queen City um, and I believe Queen City were the home side mm. it was it was it was a close match though so it wasn't like one yeah. of Ugali's big victories like they've had a few in this competition Michael however I think it's a very interesting race to say the least and yeah, like you said, in terms of um, just to quickly touch on Western Malongolo, um, they, they they had a really good start to the season and they weren't able to uh, finish like they did. However, I, I feel like Ned Jean still done a good job there. He's um, at the end of the day, they did concede a lot last season, is what I've heard on all accounts. Obviously, this is our first season covering MPL two, and they he's he's done well to sort of stop the they, they play a little more pragmatic, play on the counter, but that's for a reason because. It's clear that they he was trying to stop what happened last season. He's a new coach as well in terms of like he wasn't at the club last season. He came from Queensland. So um, he's tried to work on that defense because at the end of the day, if you don't have a good solid defense, you can't really get anywhere. And I think they, they, they I think with a few more additions and uh, keeping the, the close-knit players, I, I feel like Western Malongolo can do better next season. Now, they showed at the start of the season that they can do well and there's no reason if they build on this, there's no reason why they can't do well next sort season. Sort of similar to the discussion that we had um, you know earlier about Monero um, trying to find you know keeping that core group of players and really sort of you know establishing an identity that can help them move forward Um, I can definitely see that uh, in in their case for sure 
Alright, and next up we have Ugali, the last match of the round. Ugali, 3-1 winners over Wagga City Wanderers in the uh, the dubbed Riverina Derby by the Ugali Facebook page. Uh, <laughs> Ugali Facebook page, by the way, absolute comedy gold sometimes as well. It's great. I, I think you had one. There was one picture with, uh, I think it was Luke Santolin or something. Yep, after a big win or something, and uh, he's the coach, and there was something outside like getting his uh, car fixed or something that's yeah, yeah. one of the spots it's hard to explain a, a it, good meme it is it is but there was one it wasn't yeah well, actually less of a meme than the one I'm going to expand next yeah, but yeah. like they're great I, I like the way how they involve sponsors in like a lot of their comedic posts it's really, really like they'll talk yeah like he was talking about like spider wind flat tire or something like that and he was outside one of the one of his sponsors <laughs> so it's like you know it was, it, it was, it's great in that regard but the best one is of course I'm not sure if you saw this Michael I mentioned on the show last week was that uh, once there was the news of Messi possibly leaving, I know he's not going to leave now. But at that point, he, he, I think that was the first joke I saw in terms of, oh, Messi's going to leave. Uh, I've heard strong rumours that he's uh, Ugali have approached his representatives, and as we all know, uh, contracts are written up on um, napkins at the uh, Griffith RSL Club, that uh, <laughs> or the Griffith Leagues Club, or whatever it's called. And, look, uh, I mean, you could look. And, um, you know, look, we'll make a special exception for Messi when he signs. And then straight after that, I think I saw uh, AFL teams like the North Melbourne Roos and yeah. uh, Brumbies did it as well yep. as a whole, uh, NRL teams, NFL teams. Everyone did that, that meme. And I, it was Ugali yeah. I saw first. There you go. They, they, were the first, they were the first ones on it. Well, um, the first they, one I saw, anyway. it's, it's great to, you know, uh, for clubs to really sort of, you know, create that sort of, you know... F- funny sort of engagement with like the fans and the footballing community and you know like like you mentioned we, we've come across uh Yigali doing this and it's it's been a good laugh you know they're they're a, they're a great club and um you know I, I hope they keep keep this up you know it's a shame Messi ended up staying oh it's, it certainly <laughs> is it would have been great to see him and then, actually I think I mentioned on the show last week in uh, with uh Rossi just like I mentioned this uh, on my Facebook, but you know, as soon as Michael Caggiano mentions there's a team, all of a sudden Messi hands in a transfer request. And then that's when I said, hang on a sec, Ugali went first. So. <laughs> but um, obviously that's not going to happen. Messi to a potential Canberra United A-League team. <laughs> yeah, you go. heard that on the show last week and this week as well. <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh, yeah, maybe uh, next year after his uh, contract expires, who knows? Anyway, uh, I, I, on more of a serious note though, in terms of uh, Ugali, incredible run of form, six from six. You can't ask for any better. They've really, really, and just some really class goals. Like, it, you can watch actually this replay. They live stream their games on their Facebook page, Ugali, like we've seen before, at their home games and their away games. And some of the goals were just class, like uh, great team goals, a lot of very quick passing. A lot of them actually, like, one two passing or, you know, triangular passing around all the defenders. And then, like, two of them was like around the keeper as well. With, uh, so that means too much pace, too much skill. Um, and they've proved it so far this season. Um, Wagga, though, it's a disappointing for loss for them, but they've proved so far this season. I mean, un- until last week, they were undefeated with Ugali. Not as many points, but they were... Both the Riverine sides were the only undefeated sides. Now it's just Ugali. So Wagga, in that regard, they're still in a good chance for the finals race, like I said. Um, but I guess the issue um, that both these teams face, or more so Ugali, is with the restrictions in the Riverine area due to COVID-19. That means... Uh, this match that was played at Solomat Stadium in Griffith, that's the last time Ugali will be playing there this season. Mm. All their matches home and away will be played at Kudamandra. So I would assume if it stays like this, if Ugali make the MPL 2 final, will be 
going to uh, Cootamundra for the final. How about that, Michael? Road oh, trip or road trip. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll pack a few snacks, get in the car. Um, why not? Yeah, why not? Cootamundra uh, uh, of all places. Um, uh, How far of a drive is that, by the way? I quickly look it up now. It is definitely closer than Canberra for them. That's why it is a thing. But the reason why Wagga can travel to Canberra and can travel to... Griffith is because the time difference isn't as bad to get to there. It's only two yeah, and a bit right. hours, considering Griffith is like four or five. So the idea is once you finish a game, it won't take as long for Wagga to get back in time because you're not allowed to travel overnight yep. uh, in, in, in those areas. So that's why you're playing at Cootamundra. And I believe from what I've been told, what my sources have told me, that the two um, re- rescheduled matches will be played on Sunday this week. So you okay. know what that means, Michael? Back-to-back yep. for both these clubs. Back-to-back for Ugali. Uh, so they'll probably play both at Cootamundra, I'd say. And then yep. for Wagga, we'll play their match in Narrabunda on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then they'll back up, travel home, and then... Because they, remember, they can't stay overnight. That's right. Uh, so they'll back up, travel home, and then probably play halfway at Cootamundra on Sunday. That's not, a, that's not official, but that's what I've... That's what the, that's the an effort. That's what the talk has been. But they have a lot of tired legs. They're gonna, yeah, and they, 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 and and for them, uh, at this point, they're both important games. Like, like I said, Wagga's against White Eagles. They're both in the race for the top four, and then Ugali's against ANU. So they are two massive matches, like we have mentioned so far, Michael. So that, the matches need to be played, and it's a bit hard to organise a, a midweek matches which will be played at night or late yeah. in the afternoon when everyone has work and you're not allowed to do these nighttime That's travels. Right. Yep. So it's. Look, it's um, if that's the case, which it looks like it very well might be, like I said, not official, but geez, um, they're both going to be backing up twice this weekend and uh, they're probably going to hope that they don't get any injured players if that's the case in that regard, Michael. And um, any last thoughts before we send it off to the coaches? No, uh, I think, you know, I just want to give a shout out to Yugali. Six from six is an incredible run of form. They've been good, you know, all, all season long. Um all, all I can say is keep the memes up, please. <laughs> um, uh, I love it. I, I want to keep seeing that sort of stuff. So, I mean, you know, it br- brings a bright smile to, to me, to you, to, to everyone that, you know, follows uh, Canberra and, and, and the surrounding region uh, football. Oh, without a doubt. And uh, talking about Ugali, I had a chat to their coach, Luke Santolin, early today. All right, Luke, first and foremost, another good win for you guys. 3-1 in the uh, what uh, your Facebook page dubbed the Riverina Derby. What did you uh, make of your side's performance? Oh yeah, I thought it was um, positive and, and um, energetic, as we always hope to be. Um, getting an early goal uh, relaxed us, uh, but then I think we probably went through a period where we were too relaxed. Um, what was a, a nice sharp side, um, but I think we, we found their measure uh, early on, and um, in the end, uh, it felt comfortable um, in the way that we got the three points. And um, this this game for you on the weekend was probably your last game of the year at uh, your home stadium. What has the transition been like to play in Cootamundra? It's just got to be done, Matt. Um, that's our attitude. There's no point um, using it as a excuse it's just as a club our location is always don't uh, a curly ones our way um so it's just yeah it is what it is 
And now you, and now you're six from six. Um, it just seems like your side keeps um getting better and improving every week. This uh must be the uh fantastic form uh heading into finals. I I bet you must be uh, over the moon with how your team's performing uh, all season, really. Of of course, it's pleasing. Um, yeah, I guess we we move towards the business end of the season though, and and especially with this shortened final series, unfortunately, um, you know, it, it will mean nothing when we get to that, uh, you know, that pointy end of the season. So uh, each game now uh, is, a, I guess, us making sure that we can maintain our levels um, and, and actually keep building because um, it could, could be easy to sort of maybe rest on your laurels a bit. So that's what we'll be asking the players to do at training, stay focused and keep building. And this weekend you have Western Belongolo. Uh, what are you um, expecting from your team out of that performance? Oh, just, I guess, more of the same, committing to our um, structure and our formation for longer. Um, that's what we need to do. It's like a, like a muscle, you know, you've got to train it. And um, that's what we, we need to do. Sometimes in some of these games when we've sort of gone a few goals ahead, you know, it's easy to just sort of start doing whatever you want out there on the field. But um, we're trying to use every minute as a, you know, as an opportunity to keep getting better because finals matches are always, yeah, it's, they're always a little bit messier, a little bit dirtier. Um, so it's a team that can stay focused for longer that normally comes out on top. Also had a quick chat to Wagga City Wanderers coach Michael Babbage earlier today. So, uh, Michael, not the result you guys would have been looking for on the weekend. Um, what did you make of how the uh, game played out? Well, I think it was the, the result was right. They were definitely the better side. Um, they are the benchmark in the league. Um, they've got um, by far the best forward line that we've come up against yet. Uh, and they're a really quality outfit. So, um, you know, uh, whilst it's not the result we wanted, I think it's... Um, a good um, eye-opener for our guys about the, the standard and where it's at. And you, you mentioned how they're the benchmark, and before last week, before your result against Queanbeyan last week, you, you, you two were the, you two Riverina sides were the only um, undefeated sides in the comp. Uh, does that just show sort of um, the uh, Canberra community anyway, who mostly listen to this podcast, um, that there is quality football in the surrounding regions? Yeah, Definitely. Definitely, I think um, you know. Uh, I think we deserve to be in the league. I think it's um, good for us to be in the league. I think it's also good for Canberra football. I think we we add something to the league, and um, we've shown that over the course of the year. Now, you guys are currently in fourth place with a game in hand, of course, against White Eagles, which is still to be um, uh, scheduled. Uh, what did you make? What do you make of how competitive the competition is this year? Of course, there's. Um, ANU and O'Connor this weekend as well, which could uh, be crucial. And there's uh, your match against Narrabunda, and there's uh, a Queanbeyan's match as well. What did what do you make of um, how competitive uh, the comp is this year? It's really starting to shape up this top four. Yeah, look, it's still unknown who's going to be in the top four, and I think that's exciting. You know, you want every game to count, and you know we're going to go down to the the last round, and every game matters, um, which is what you want from a competition, really. Uh, you don't want to be playing games that don't matter. Um, so, 
I think it's exciting for the competition that it is competitive. Um, I think it's good for the football that it is competitive. You know, you don't want weak games. So uh, I think it's a really good, strong competition. And uh, this weekend you travel to Narrabunda, uh, or Oval. Uh, that's more of a that's probably a must win for you guys, um, considering there's still the uh, the match against White Eagles to come. How are you guys going to prepare for that one? Yeah, look, I think it's it's an important it's a it's a must win game. We need the three points. Um, I think four points would almost get us into finals. Six points would be definitely in finals. Uh, but it may come down to goal difference. Fourth place may be decided by goal difference. So. It's not only about winning, but we, we really need to um, try and boost our goal difference to give us the best opportunity to make the finals. Now, before we wrap up, Matt, let's get into the MPL 2 round nine fixtures this weekend. We have Western Malonglo against Yulgali, Saturday, 1.45pm at O'Connor Park in Cootamundra. Get out there if you can. <laughs> Narrabunda versus uh, Wagga City. Quickly, do you reckon we have listeners in Cootamundra? Yeah, well, we've, got, I, we've got listeners everywhere around the country. And, and in Thailand, I saw as well. And, uh, and a couple in the United States. Hey, look, shout out to, you know, shout out to those guys. And now, <laughs> and now we're on iTunes and um, Spotify. Spotify, plug, plug. Have a look at our Facebook page for the links or just type in Eminem Podcast or the Canberra Football Show on either of those platforms, whether you have an iPhone or, a, or an Android, and you'll be able to enjoy us on everything. And, of course, we'll still be on SoundCloud because that is the main thing you have to upload it through if you guys don't know much about podcasts. There you go. Well, Matt, you've just uh, broken it down uh, for, for all the listeners. That's and I'm I mean. sure they'll be, appreci- they'll be appreciative of that. Um, but going back to the fixtures, uh, Narrabunda against Wagga City Wanderers, Saturday, 3 p.m. at Buminala Oval. Uh, we have ANU against O'Connor Knights, Saturday, 3.15 at ANU South Oval. And lastly, Queanbeyan City will take on the Brindabella Blues Saturday, 5.30pm at Riverside Football Stadium. Matt, it's been another great uh, great episode. Look, it certainly has. And uh, first of all, uh, glad to have you back, Michael. Hopefully, uh, we'll be seeing you more in terms of finals. Uh, obviously, we'll be seeing more of Russ as well. Yep. He'll be back next week. Um, I've asked Jeremy as well to come back next week because, of course, this weekend, last week of MPLW, and no one knows more about MPLW this season Jeremy. than than Jeremy McGahn. So he'll be uh, previewing the finals just of MPLW next week. He's been great, by the way. I mean, he's done a fantastic job um, covering uh, the, the women's game. I haven't had a chance to meet him yet, but, um, you know, I've noticed the work that he's been doing and, um, you know, you, you've obviously commentated alongside him and, you know, it's, it's been great to have, you know, a, to have someone, you know, um, dedicated to, um, you know, producing good content for the women's game and he's doing a great job of that so shout out to Jeremy well done he certainly is and like I said uh, next week he'll give us a, a preview of what he thinks all the sides of their strengths and weaknesses and the best players of the season um, just like Frank and um, Russ did last week but if you listen to the show last week uh, I don't think he's going to list nearly every player in uh, in the league like uh, Frank Kasia did did you yeah. hear that bit on the podcast last yeah. week <laughs> yeah <laughs> there wasn't left for anyone for us to no, say no no Frank took over <laughs> All right, well, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Michael, thank you very much. Um, any last thoughts before we leave? No, um, look, there's obviously some, some very good fixtures like there are, like there are sort of every week uh, when, when you, you know, bring up the, the fixture lists uh, for the competitions. And, you know, I, I expect some, some great football, hopefully some, some, some great goals that Rush is, 
uh, that Ross will share on his uh, on his Facebook. You know, every time I pop up on my, I get my phone out and uh, have a look at my Facebook. Ross is always, you know, well mainly on the weekends. This is what I'm talking about. On the weekend when I bring up my Facebook, check my newsfeed. There's Ross posting um, posting goals. So hopefully, you know, we we see a fair few go in the uh, go in the top corner uh, this this weekend, Matt. Oh, we definitely. But, uh, it's been good. It's been good uh, to be back. And um, you know, I'm looking forward uh, to to the rest of the uh, to the final series, to the rest of the season for the other competitions as well as their final series as well. And we also have uh, big plans for the finals, don't we, Michael? However, uh, we've got to keep that hush hush for now as uh, our preparations are ongoing. Yeah, don't message me about it because I'm not telling anyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you very much, Michael. As always, uh, thank you, Matt. Thank you for Jeremy and Russ for th- sending your thoughts, and more importantly, thank you everybody for the support, especially over the last week or so when we've been diversifying our content sort of branching out you know doing those uh, audio videos who uh, with Michael Kajano and with uh, Tony Vidovich they've got really really good responses my phone was absolutely blowing up on after the podcast was released last Tuesday about the Michael Kaj oh we're going to get the team oh do you think we're going to get the team and, it's great it's and- good to have that sort of buzz and I think it was great to um, have him on on our show um, you know given the fact that you know, there seems to be some real optimism and, and um, you know, a, a real sense of, you know, belief that this could be uh, the, the time in which uh, we hopefully gain an A-League licence come the 2021-2022 season. I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, you, you did a great job um, having a chat to him last week, really delving into multiple areas and, and um, you know, that... That, that's why we, you know, created the this podcast. I mean, to get to get people like Michael uh, on our on our show to, you know, you know, not only just get out what what he's doing and and what, and what he's trying to do for Canberra football, but also uh, for us as well, uh, looking to continue to to build this this brand that we have with the podcast. And like you mentioned, we're you know coming out with new content uh, now uh, and looking to expand that uh, as the weeks and months uh, go on. So, I mean, it's just a good time in general. Look, it certainly is, and I guess we should wrap this up because if, if it was left up to you and me, we would talk all night about football and uh, Russ as well, even though, he, you know, he is always like, oh, all right, we're going to get this done. And then yeah. he, he, he talks for the longest than anyone, so it's great. Anyway, <laughs> just, just, just give him a call. I'm sure he'd... Um Leave his babysitting duties to come and have, have, a, have a chat. <laughs> All right, like I said, for the, uh, for the final time today, anyway, thank you very much, everybody. We greatly appreciate it. And look forward to the football this weekend. Last rounds for a lot of the leagues. And, of course, MPL, MPL 1 Final Series 2. Thank you very much. <laughs>